The U.S. approaching another dreadful milestone. Nearly 500,000 American lives lost since the first reported death in this country just a little over a year ago. Half a million lives. That's more than the Americans who died in battle during World War I, World War II, and the Vietnam War combined. Sadly, that clip is not shocking to many of us. If you live in America, you know that wearing a mask and protecting those around you has caused a political war for quote-unquote freedom. Throughout the majority of the pandemic, we've had a federal government that rejected the idea of COVID-19, turned a blind eye to public health professionals, and denied support for their citizens. With the new variant and weakened restrictions, COVID-19 in the United States seems never-ending. got the America's Cup race going on in Auckland and there are crowds enjoying themselves on the waterfront you know and it's brilliant and we have sports with um, actual live crowds cheering on and so we we have all that normality of life. That's Ria. Ria is a New Zealand native and director of EcoQuest a study abroad organization that offers interdisciplinary hands-on learning in a vibrant, sustainable environment for students around the world to come stay in New Zealand. She's talking about an annual yacht race that occurred this March of 2021. The crowd for this event was over 50,000 people. New Zealand is basically COVID-free at this point. This seems unimaginable to me. It is clear that there are two very different worlds going on. how? How is it possible to have two nations so drastically different in their COVID-19 response? What is New Zealand doing that the United States is not? As of March 2021, New Zealand had only 2,350 cases since the start of the pandemic. To put that number into perspective, on February 20th, the state of North Carolina alone had 3,234 new daily cases. One of the biggest attributes of success for New Zealand was the quick response by the government and their consistency of positive choices. Since the beginning of the pandemic, the New Zealand government implemented three key components, travel restrictions, strict lockdown protocols, and communicative campaigning. really appreciate the leadership that we had and have um, because it was a science-informed leadership. You know, the government was super clear about, you know, how they were making their decisions and it was all transparent. That was communicated daily to us. And so it was also made clear as to what was our responsibility and what was the responsibility of the government. It is important to note the geographical makeup of New Zealand. New Zealand is an island nation, 
meaning it is completely surrounded by water. It's comprised of two different land masses, making up the North and the South Island. Because of this, it is easier to regulate who is coming in and out of the country compared to others like the United States that have shared borders. New Zealand is also a rather small country. There are 5 million total residents within New Zealand. We have been super fortunate, but I don't think it was luck alone. I, you know, I do believe that there are many things at play. Um, one, of course, is we are an island nation and you can actually control the borders mostly. And so, so that was an obvious tool and our government didn't shy away from using that. The New Zealand government implemented strict travel restrictions. At the end of January 2021, travel restrictions were lessened to a phase one for the first time since the start of the pandemic. This meant New Zealanders were permitted for international travel, but U.S. citizens were still not allowed to enter New Zealand. According to the New Zealand government travel page, all airline passengers to the United States ages two years and older, had to provide a negative COVID-19 viral test taken within three calendar days of travel. Travel within borders is permitted at this time as well. For those traveling within New Zealand borders, it is required to conduct health screenings and COVID-19 tests. After testing, each individual would then have to do a mandatory 14-day isolation quarantine and quarantine is required to be done at one of the various government-adhered locations. First week of April, my mum passed away. And, and of course, I could not travel because by then there was no global anything. So, you know, the, our borders were closed. And I actually do fully appreciate um, that move that our government made, you know, is that I could have left perhaps, but it wouldn't have been very easy. And it certainly would not have been easy to return. The New Zealand government implemented COVID-19 alert levels. These alert levels specify the public health and social measures to be taken. There are four alert levels. Level one is the least restrictive and level four is the most. Level one is called prepare. It is where COVID-19 is contained. This happens when there's a risk of COVID-19 in the community. Social distancing and COVID testing is encouraged and mass gatherings of 500 or more are canceled. Face coverings are legally required in public transportation and the borders are still restricted. You know, 
in a load system le uh, level system, there's four levels. And currently the whole country is in level one. And so level one is the most relaxed mode, but it is not zero, okay? And so, so what's, what's being asked of us is to stay home if you're sick, get tested if you're sick. Use the COVID tracer apps, turn on your Bluetooth tracers, so that we have a picture nationwide of you know, where people are, and if COVID returns in the community, then you know we can pick up who was the contacts and then really go hard and chase people and get get people tested. So that's Next level is level two. It is the reduction phase and it is done to exercise increased caution. This is when the disease is contained, but the risk of community transmission has increased. Only New Zealand citizens or residents with valid conditions can travel to New Zealand at that time. All New Zealand citizens and residents returning to New Zealand must complete a 14-day managed isolation or quarantine and test negative before returning back into the community. You're allowed to go to work and school and businesses are open, but physical distancing and masks and transportation are required. Masks are also encouraged in all spaces and events can only be 100 people or less. You are allowed to travel to other regions at an alert level of two or lower. period last year in March you know we had a short period of national emergency and everyone was just asked in order to stay home and people did I think we have a um, you know <laughs> I, I think as a national trait we, we may be slightly more concerned with fairness than with freedom and so people were prepared to do this and it wasn't easy but people did it Level three is next. In level three, all work and school must be done virtually. Public spaces like gyms, museums, and playgrounds must close. You legally must stay home with your household bubble, and socializing outside of your bubble is strongly discouraged. Social distancing is legally required. Masks are required in public transportation and strongly encouraged everywhere else. Traveling outside of your region is restricted as well. most recent one just a few weeks ago in Auckland um, and that was just really concentrating on you know where where do we see a case that's unexplained what can we do about it so yeah I think not just luck and to a large degree the leadership and definitely having a, a sort of science-based approach really trying to understand COVID. Mm.
Level four is the last and most severe level. Level four occurs when there's a widespread outbreak and intensive community transmission. All gatherings are canceled, businesses are closed, work and school must be done from home. All travel has stopped except for essential personnel. Individuals must stay home in their bubbles and can only move for essential personnel movement. The only places open are supermarkets, pharmacies, and gas stations. Like we are a small nation, we have 5 million people. And so, you know, our prime minister early on basically pulled everyone in for us to be a team of 5 million. And in that initial um, state of not knowing how bad COVID was going to be and what it could mean and us going into lockdown, that really helped people stick stick with it and and just do what what needed to be done i think you know yeah the new zealand prime minister jacinda ardern has made it her goal to engage her entire community within the COVID-19 response. The wording throughout the entire educational campaign in New Zealand surrounding COVID-19 has encouraged a community investment to keep one another healthy. There is a noticeable team-based approach, using phrases like what we all need to do to keep safe. The Prime Minister prioritized public health education and frequent communication with the residents of New Zealand. I think we were lucky that our government um, you know, freshly minted as they were in a way. You know, they, um, they had a huge focus on health and well-being. You know, uh, uh, the, the first budget presented by, by our current government was a well-being budget. You know, so, so it, is, it is out there because, you know, I think we are small and actually we are nimble and we should be able to deal with things that matter. It is evident that successful public health responses must happen at the governmental level, not only through policy but in practice of those in political power. New Zealand is a great example of engaging your community to effectively address public health issues like COVID-19 on a mass scale. The alert level system and travel restrictions played a large role in the success of New Zealand, but more so the engagement and support from the New Zealand government to the rest of society offered trust and a willingness to adhere to public health protocols. This is a model that many countries should consider in the future. This podcast was created for the 2021 Global Health Class at Guilford College.